0: Welcome to Marvel Studios News. My name is Sean Gerber. In a moment, I'll be joined by my co-host, Paul Herman, for episode 94 of our show, which is all about Captain Marvel. We have our first images from the film, our first details about this movie via Entertainment Weekly's coverage, so we're going to be diving into all of that. But before we get into it, I have some people to thank, so thank you very much to Dakota Sion Eric Hansen and Carl Epps, they are the latest patrons over at patreon.com slash News, And as members of our Patreon, they have access to exclusive content that is not available anywhere else. We have several different tiers available, each offering different exclusives from a daily news podcast to weekly Q&A shows to monthly episodes, a Marvel Unlimited book club series where we discuss comic books. And we also have, for just a dollar a month, on our first tier, Patreon credit scenes where we take a main episode like this one and then we go ahead and we discuss an additional topic. So we broke down all of the EW coverage in this episode and then for the Patreon credit scene... We address the disappointment that some fans felt over not getting a trailer with all this EW coverage and why there really shouldn't have been an expectation that we would have had a trailer with this EW coverage. But then we also focus more on where we expect this Captain Marvel marketing and publicity campaign to go next. When do we think we're going to see a teaser trailer as we continue our build-up to the release of this film in March? So all of that is available at patreon.com slash News. And if you do sign up for a tier with exclusive content, you will get your own RSS link that you can put into a podcatcher like Apple Podcasts. We put the main shows on that feed and the exclusive content on that feed so that you can get all of your Marvel Studios news content in one spot. You don't have to have multiple feeds for the different shows that we have available. So we try to keep that as convenient as we can for you. And then if you want to keep up with us, you can also do that every day on our website at com, and also on social media, Facebook and Instagram at Marvel Studios News and on Twitter at Marvel Newscast. So that's enough out of me. Let's start talking about Captain Marvel. Yeah, gee, Paul, I really wish we had something to talk about today.
1: We have nothing to talk about. So I decided to, 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 that we should talk about Man-Thing. I don't know about you, but I love that movie. Well, I mean, it was produced by Kevin
0: Feige. So as far as I'm concerned, it's Marvel Studios canon. No, it's not. but uh, It should be. I mean, maybe in his <laughs> mind it is. It'd be a good okay. question to ask him one day.
1: Can I, Can I be real with you for a minute? It's closer to being canon than Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, oh hold on a second. <laughs> really fast. I got to be honest with you. I've actually never seen the whole thing of that movie. I literally skipped all the way through to the very end. Mm. But I'm not saying I won't watch it either. So
0: I watched shit. it, but I couldn't tell you a thing about it because I watched it one time and then think, just forgot that it existed.
1: I think I watched it like kind of like I was doing something else while it was on. But I do remember the first time I bought it, I just wanted to see Man Thing.
0: Yeah, I, don't think, I, don't, I definitely don't think it got my undivided attention.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it, it' for spoiler alert, he's at, he's at only at the very, very end, right? Um, and it was he looks kind of cool. I'm not gonna lie, he, he looks cool, but it was a little disappointing because it wasn't it wasn't a true blue Marvel film. But I still want to review it just for just for fun because I I still you know love the fact they made a man themed film. Yeah, <laughs> you know,
0: since I didn't get my rewatch done in time, we can't do that on this episode of the podcast. So I guess we're just okay. gonna have to fall back on the first official images and details from Captain Marvel.
1: Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Okay, it, cool. it's
0: nice. It's nice when you have a fallback, you know? Like, if you don't Good. quite... Uh, when I don't do my homework for the podcast, when there's something Ooh. else that drops that I can get into it. So, here we are. The marketing and publicity campaign for Captain Marvel, it's officially underway. It started, as it often does with Marvel movies, via an Entertainment Weekly cover. So let's talk about that first. That cover was the first thing that dropped this morning, and it is the first time we have seen an official look at Brie Larson in costume as Captain Marvel. Paul, how'd you like the costume?
1: Well, the costume looks great. The the cover. Why are why does EW like always put out like awful covers? Like they've been putting out awful superhero covers forever. Like I like I'm gonna go way back, Sean, to like like Blue when Steel? I was. Even, well, no, no, no. I'm talking. Ooh, predating Blue Steel. Blue Steel, predating. <laughs> Blue Steel that's a deep cut right there man um for those no, of you who we're...
0: don't know we did talk about it on our road to infinity war avengers episode but if you yes. go back to that first ew cover for the avengers just take a look at mark ruffalo's yeah. bruce yeah. banner
1: facial expression aka blue steel, blue steel. Um, all the yeah. way all the way and also who also perfected blue steel recently is chris pratt he loves doing blue steel now and like he does. Movie... yeah it's ridiculous anyway so um but i'm talking about way back in the day i would after I was done reading comics, you know, when I was e- entering my high school years and I, I was like just devoting myself to music and whatnot, uh, I remember I was at my like my friend's house uh, and his mom had an EW. Like She didn't even read that stuff, but she had the magazine. This is back in 2000 mm. or or maybe even 99 at this point. And it was a cover for X-Men. Okay. And I remember being like just vaguely on that peripheral like. Oh yeah, they're making that X Men movie. Finally, I, I, I got I to watch that when it comes out. And I looked at the cover. I'm like, this looks awful. <laughs> and it hasn't changed ever. It's not that it's been the same damn thing for 18 years. Has E W ever put out, a, or excuse me, Entertainment Weekly ever put out a quality superhero cover for their magazines? The answer is no. It all looks <laughs> terrible. And I'm sorry – I love the costume. I think the Captain Marvel costume is – which we'll talk about in a few minutes. But I got to vent about this for a second. Sure. But like that being aside, it's like that's a cool costume. Why is her head pasted over it? It looks terrible. I just don't understand why they can't just literally go have her come in full costume, take some pictures, and not Photoshop this crap onto onto a body. It's the stupidest thing. It drives me nuts. It's literally so obvious. And I look at it, I'm like, this is the best they could do? This is the best they could do. That being said, the costume looks great. It does. Uh, It does. It It looks like the costume. No, and I I said immediately on Twitter uh, was the fact that this is probably one of the most like accurate, like more most from comic to screen, accurate costumes, mm-hmm. like in a long time, like as far as the MCU is concerned, I, I, I would venture to say that like, let's say Thor, for instance, right? Thor is, very, I mean, he, is he completely comic accurate? No, like he's, he's close. But he's not like, man, that's a really great transition because he's missing his helmet, which is stupid, by the way. He needs to wear his helmet more. Anyway, he's got his red cape, sure. But like the everything, right, you know, the costume. I mean, I guess, you know, he's close enough, but it's not like 100 percent, you know, all the way through whatever. Right but you know because there's some liberties taken like they updated the costume in the in the comic books to have the the armor on the arms and whatever because mm-hmm. he always had the bare arms in the in the comic books and you know and they have that a little bit in the films but um you know Spider-Man was pretty good Captain America has gone you know I'd say the initial um you know first avenger costume is one of the better like you know more uh realistic looking captain america costumes we got Mm -hmm. as far as like you know from straight from comics to uh to screen but it still had it went through a a a filter a film filter if you will of like well this would look stupid because they obviously did the captain america costume for real in the actual movie and it did look ridiculous so they did their best they kind of altered it's like thor you know spider-man came out pretty good they literally they literally just put like stripes in random spots and called it a costume which is fine i don't i don't care you don't you you don't have to mess up peanut butter and jelly you don't have to add different things to that you can you can cut it out you know in squares or whatever it's still peanut butter and jelly in my opinion so that's fine so i would say spider-man is probably one of the more comic to or from screen to comic or whatever i'm trying to say you know adaptations from for costumes this is on along the lines of that with spider-man it it literally is perfect for like they they add some intricacies but it's really straight ahead like they're missing the sash i understand and like listen the sash is super cool in the comics i just don't think it's going to work in the, in the film it doesn't really make sense she's flying in space and you know i mean whatever but, at the same time, I feel that the overall costume is really, really accurate, and you know to be honest, I think the Captain Marvel costume is actually one of the better like costumes in that there are new costumes oh, definitely. In, the, in the comic books in a long time. Now, the reason I say that, and I'm not the biggest Captain Marvel fan. I'm not trying to like you know act like i'm like some huge captain marvel fan because i'm not He's she's fine but the reason why i think that i like it so much is that it calls back to a more of a retro vintage style type of costume it's a lot more basic than than what people try to do these days it seems and i feel that like a lot of co- like marvel and i think D- and I'll say DC, but for the most part, just the comic companies, superhero comic book companies, they've kind of realized, they kind of learned from their mistakes of the last, I'd say, fifteen twenty years before, in you know all the new costumes that people are creating. And they realize the ones that stick are the ones that are a little bit more basic, a little more simple. So you have artists like you know Alex Ross, I and mean, I don't think well, he designed.
0: And they also got away from female characters are always wearing bathing suits for costumes, which well, is yeah. what Carol was wearing for a long time before this redesign that came out in two thousand twelve. Well,
1: Right, and, and and that's and that's you know, and I'm not, I'm not even talking about female suits or costumes. I'm talking about just costumes, period. You yeah. know, but, but but yeah, you're right. I mean, she was, you know, that costume even as to be fair, like that costume as a kid, I never like thought of it as a sexualized like thing, you know, because I you know I remember, I remember like seeing that like um, you know, here and there, and I just thought, oh, it's, it's just a superhero, you know, hero costume, you know. So, but yeah, I've always so I've always had like you know. Like, I've always thought she had an all-right costume. But then as, a, as I got older, I'm like, you're right. I was like, man, it's pretty scantily clad now that I think yeah, and it's
0: actually not what her original costume was. I mean, that's why the redesign was cool. And it was for Kelly Sue DeConnick's run that launched in 2012. And the redesign, it was with artist Jamie McKelvey. And they did a fantastic job. And it brought back some of the classic elements of Carol Danvers' earlier Ms. Marvel costumes. And then also, of course, just... Upgrade it, just it updated it and it added some new things like adding so much more blue in the costume and really just gave it another just I don't know, just added new layers to the costume and just, I think it just made it look. More dynamic. It also made it look it made her look more like, I don't know, a fighter pilot. I mean, it almost makes it gives it a little bit of that jumpsuit kind of look because she is a pilot. So um mm-hmm. I, I think they did a great job with that redesign and and taking that redesign from 2012, and that's pretty much what you've seen. They've made slight variations to it depending on the artist over the past six years, but for the most part, it's been pretty consistent. And you're right. I mean, this is probably as direct of a page to screen mm-hmm. Translation that we have seen in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's crazy how accurate this is. And yeah, we could say the sash is missing, and but the sash isn't... I don't think the sash is always there with every artist. Some yeah. people do it with the sash, some draw it without. Um, so the sash is gone. We don't necessarily see the helmet or the faux hawk, but who's to say we won't see it in the movie? And that's not mm-hmm. like a tip, by the way. I'm not <laughs> like...
1: What are you saying, Sean?
0: not just oh, I wish I could tell you. No, I'm not saying that I know anything about that. It's just that maybe we'll see it. I don't know. And if we don't see it in this movie, maybe we see it in the next movie. Mm -hmm. She is going to be flying around in space, so maybe she will have a helmet when she's out in space. I really don't know. Just uh, it's purely speculating on that end. But even without that, this looks like Carol Danvers. And Mm -hmm. I didn't mind the... Ew, Photoshop on this cover as much as I normally do, because uh, mm. they're this is actually one of their better ones. I think their best one for Marvel movies is probably their first Doctor Strange cover. Uh, they yeah. did a pretty good job mm. with that one, but I like this one. But more importantly, more important than just the cover and and how well they did with their Photoshop this time, I agree. It would be <laughs> it would be nicer if since Ew pretty much always gets to do this, they pretty much always get to debut the look of a Marvel movie and especially characters that we're seeing for the first time, like they got to debut the, the first official image of Dr. Strange for a cover a Benedict Cumberbatch is Dr. Strange for one of their covers. And they're doing this for captain Marvel. It's like, just give them a photo shoot, bring an EW photographer to set <laughs> like one day mm-hmm. and just exactly. have them do it. Um, kind of like Vanity Fair got to do with that awesome photo spread Hogwarts. of people in costume like and those looked amazing why because they were actually there wearing the costumes mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. something like that would be helpful but still this looked good this looks mostly it better than it usually does i'll say that. Yeah. <laughs> better than it usually does But more important than the cover, though, is the costume itself, getting a look to see this design. And I know people were panicking, and I didn't understand it. People panicked earlier this year when we saw spy photos of the green costume. And it's like we already knew we were going to get this classic, we were going to get this comic book color scheme. We knew it was going to happen because there was concept art that was released at Comic-Con in 2017 that showed this design. But that was the concept art. Now we're seeing the actual design of the... Of the the final look for this costume mm-hmm. design, and it looks terrific. This is everything yeah. I would have wanted it to be. This is Captain Marvel jumping right off of the comic book page onto uh, onto the big screen. Although we're not seeing it on the big screen yet, but I, this just looks this looks perfect to me. I, I don't have mm-hmm. any notes on this costume. Nothing. This looks. This mm-hmm. is Marvel being Marvel and being like, it already looks dope in the comic book. So just put that on the screen. Okay, cool, got mm-hmm. it. Sometimes yeah. that doesn't work, like you said with Cap. We got it as the Star-Spangled Man, but a direct translation with Cap wasn't going to work, but they found a cool way to adapt it. This one, for the most part, this is just dead on with what we get in the comic book, and it works. That's the. It's not good just because it's like the comic. It's like the comic, which is nice, but more importantly, it just plain looks cool uh, as we're seeing it, not just on this cover, but I think an even better look at it, of course, is oh, the yeah. actual photo, the actual still image from the film of, of mm-hmm. Brie, in this, uh, Brie Larson in this costume.
1: Yeah, and and I, when I and I say so, I say this without trying to be uh, r- ridiculous, but I really want to see this costume in in motion. And and for those who have listened to the you know this show for a while, that's something I've been saying for a long time. And I loved seeing like a, still images, good or bad. I I really want to see the, how this thing moves on screen, because that's ultimately the biggest thing that that drives me nuts. Sometimes still photos can look. Terrible. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they can they, they can look great and they'll have the opposite effect each time. Sometimes it's it's a smooth tra- you know transition where I'm like, man, that's perfect. It looks great. It's always gonna look great. But it, it's not always the case. So with this, I'm really like I'm really looking forward to seeing how this looks because there's there's so much detail in the suit and I wonder, you know, you wonder how flexible she's going to be in the suit itself, like as far as like being able to move. Cause it looks pretty, I mean, to be honest, it looks kind of like stiff. Like she's kind of like, it's a, you know, it's a tight fitting suit. So I'm wondering, like, you know, how it's going to work in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but because it's weird it still because looks it
0: looks to me like there's enough room for her to move around. It doesn't look yeah. skin tight to me. Like, I, I think this right. looks. It's. It reminds me a bit of the Captain America costume, obviously with Captain mm. Marvel's own color scheme, but it, it does because it still oh. has a very tactical look to me. It doesn't. It doesn't From look Avengers? like spandex, for example.
1: From the Avengers, that uh, one, the tighter one, Cause It's that,
0: cause... kind of. It's well, it's. It's kind of a cross between Cap's original first Avenger suit, but mm-hmm. also the more. I recognize some of those elements to it, but then also the more the slimmed-down version of the costume that first debuted in Age of Ultron, because, like, it's... Although, that costume, like, if you really look at Age of Ultron, just images from it, from Age of Ultron to Civil War, even though it looks like the same suit, the Russos definitely had that costume slimmed down and streamlined a bit. Like, mm-hmm. Joss Whedon's version of it had, like, almost squared shoulders, and so it almost had, like, 80 shoulder pads in it. Like, mm-hmm. the Russo brothers for Civil War, like, they just rounded out those shoulders uh, and just gave it more of a, a streamlined look. Yeah. And so it kind of... It really does remind me a bit of the the cap costume, which makes sense. I mean, they're both military yeah. background and both so, captains <laughs> you know, both captains so they have that you know then they they certainly are going to prefer uh you know function is going to have to be a big part of the suits that they wear right. it's not just going to they didn't you know they're not designing things to be a superhero like there's i mean there are certain things that they knew they were doing to be symbols as, as we saw with captain america and his yeah. movies but at the same time like there's still a, a tactical purpose for it and so that's that's what i'm getting from this suit
1: yeah and also it's it's funny how sometimes people's costumes like you know like cuz the green costume looks bulkier in like the pictures that we've seen, that like at least from like the spy photos and some of the photos you see in here, mm-hmm. the green. I mean, and maybe that's purposeful because the green costume is like she's probably flying in space, I assume. So that's like bulkier. And then also, it's also funny to think about like Captain America has had weird, has has had random costume changes where it like makes him look huge. Like the first Avenger costume makes him look like really big, to in my opinion. Yeah. Whereas then you have the Captain America Avengers costume; he looks super like like slim, like tight, and it's like what you know which i love that costume by the way. that's my still my favorite captain america costume but um but yeah but this like i i it's just funny because i'm like it went from like she went from like a bulkier suit to like a, a tighter suit so mm-hmm. um from the green costume to this one so i mean i'm interested too like what was how did she get this does she make it herself um you know like where you know this kind of falls in line too with what how her connection with marvell in, which we'll talk about here in a few minutes, uh, which I'll, I'll get to. But yeah, I think this costume looks great. Look, I can't wait to see how it looks on the trailer. Um, it, like I said, this is probably the most comic accurate one we're going to get, and I'm really excited to, to check it out. Speaking of comic accurate, yeah. how about those scrolls? Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man.
0: I was so excited when I saw that image. First, I, I have to say I didn't actually expect we would get a clean image of the scrolls today. Like, I I knew we would get the—when it was teased yesterday that we'd be getting a reveal on Entertainment Weekly, I thought, we're going to get the cover, we'll get some quotes, the the stuff that we normally get from EW to tease a cover story, maybe we'll get a few extra images, but I thought— I, I there was a part of me that's thinking they're probably going to hold the scrolls back for this one. Like tomorrow's just going to be all about Captain Marvel, and so we'll see. We'll get a look at Brie Larson in the costume. Maybe we'll see young Nick Fury and, and just the easy stuff that we already know that we're going to see. More of the hero side stuff. I really didn't expect that we were going to see the scrolls, and then when I see this image of Ben Mendelsohn as Talos and the other scrolls behind him, I'm just like wow, <laughs> they are green. They've got the pointy ears. This just looks perfect. They're wearing purple. I know there's some black mixed in there too, but they, it's green and purple for the scrolls. I mean, they that's <laughs> Marvel Studios sticking to their policy of comic books are awesome. We don't need to do that much. So Sometimes we do, but for the most part, we are going to trust the look of these characters that's endured for such a long time, and we're just going to do the best we can to present that on the screen with really minimal changes. And Certainly it's not as much of a like complete clone job as you get for Carol Danvers' costume but this just looks like straight up scrolls to me.
1: Yeah, so I was a little surprised at this and that was a little nutty for me to see these these aliens on screen or on on a piece of paper I guess it's a, or on on actually on screen I guess on Twitter. Um this was a really huge surprise for me too and we all knew they were going to be in the movie it was really cool to see them on, you know, on here. The one thing I'm going to say, and, and it's only, it just came to me now, and it drives me nuts. It, it drives me nuts. I even thought of this, and it's going to bother me forever now. It, this looks very Star Trek to me. I don't know why. It just looks very Star Trek. I don't. It's just, which is not a bad thing. But it's when I see this, I can almost well, be like oh. Star
0: Trek had its share of aliens on sand, so I mean, I guess it.
1: don't. <laughs> I, no, I, I can for, see where you're coming from there. It, for some reason, this, the the way it's shot right here, it reminds me of Star Trek. It's not a bad thing. I don't hate Star Trek. Um, no, you're right though. The purple, the green elements are all there again. Like this is not. It's just this is through the film filter, if you will, and mm-hmm. the, you know, unlike the Carol Danvers or uh, red and blue costume that we got, that looks ridiculously accurate um this is you know a little bit more modified they're mm-hmm. missing some cool helmets that i like to see them wear um but that doesn't mean they may not wear them yeah maybe but, these
0: guys just aren't wearing it yeah
1: they're just so, on their
0: own little scouting mission they're not there for right. battle right now
1: yeah so i and for people who are wondering you know most of the time the scrolls are wearing this like we're like kind of something over their head this little, like a uh, kind of protective ball cap if you will that kind of covers their just their top of their head and mm-hmm. um and it's i which is you know for, it's a, it's it's a nitpick and, and it's a it's a it's a very friendly nitpick if you will sure. um but yeah i i think these look great though for the most part um again i want to see him in action i gotta see him move i hope they're you know these i hope the costumes look good in, in in motion because they they look good on this they look good on this so i'm, I'm looking forward it's like the previous costume i think it looks great i'm looking forward to seeing this on a on a trailer asap but uh it's it's but like I said, this the way this is shot it reminds me. It looks like they're like about to ready to jump in at JJ's uh, fourth Star Trek movie. So uh, I don't know.
0: I I also but I I think it looks cool, and I love that they went with the practical route of makeup and prosthetics versus putting everybody in the pajamas and then digitally painting mm, scrolls yeah. on them. Like I yep. think that's going to add just another... Just add the additional weight to it that comes from things being practical and actually there and present on the set. So I I love that. That's true. Mm -hmm. Like I think it's going to make... When you talk about seeing these things in motion, they're probably going to look better in motion than digital ones would. Although, not to say that Marvel doesn't do a great job with their VFX. They usually do. But I think this is just going to add another layer of it. It just makes the whole thing that feel look and feel that much more tangible, you know, as it's right there yeah. in front of your eyes. And so I really do, uh, I think that's going to be awesome. And it's cool that, you know, Ben Mendelssohn playing Talos, that doesn't really tell us a whole lot. I mean, that's a, a character, a, a well, first off, that character in the comics can't shapeshift. Ben Ben Mendelson's character or his version clearly can because we have another shot of him just wearing a suit and looking like a human, not a scroll because he's going to be working mm. with SHIELD apparently. So they're cha- they, they've just pulled the name from the comics and he's a fairly prominent scroll in the kree Scroll War, which we know is a, a backdrop for this movie as well. So I think that's probably where the name came from, but clearly we're going to be getting some uh, some changes to that character. Nobody's a diehard Talos fan. I don't care what they say, so like I don't think anybody's really gonna be all that upset about it. But the scrolls look cool. I also love the way I, I love that Star Force is a thing that's in this movie. Um, what's weird, you know, what's weird? Weird though, in this all this EW coverage, they won't call Jude Law Marvel.
1: Yeah, what the hell, man? They,
0: keep ju- they just keep saying he's the commander of a team, you know, and he's the commander of this Star Force team. They won't call him Marvel. I don't know. Not if they're- that. That. I don't know if they're just like not gonna call him Marvel in the movie or if they're saving that or whatever the case may be, but because you would think like Marvel will be in there because that will be part of where the name Captain Marvel Comes exactly. From. So I'm guessing that this is just a thing of like Marvel being coy for whatever reason and like he's going to be Marvel and it's going to be fine whatever. Um but it's cool to see Ronan back and also having more of the traditional like Kree color scheme for his costume as opposed to what you got in Guardians of the Galaxy cuz this actually makes him look more like he does in the comic books. Mm-hmm. Um and it's just going to be interesting to see Carol fighting alongside Ronan and Korath, played by Jimin Hansu, who are eventual villains in this. And you also see Minerva, played by Gemma Chan, who is probably going to end up being a villain on this. So, and I think that's going to be the thing is part of the part of the way that Carol's going to end up getting her different costume is something's probably going to happen, and it's probably not going to go well for marvell if you know your comic books. So, like, it's, yeah. And I think that's going to cause her to break away. From that group, and so she still wants to honor Marvell, but at the same time she doesn't want to wear those uh, those Cree colors. Another thing that was interesting about this is like they refer to in multiple articles today, they referred to Carol having Cree and human blood, which is not really like her make her makeup in the comic books, right? Like I don't right no, like she, her powers are Cree based, but she doesn't have actual Cree blood. So well, I don't know if if they're because like it's not like she got a blood transfusion when she got Marvel's powers right So the but here's, magnetron. Yeah.
1: So what I'm wondering is maybe what they're what's going to happen is Marvel might have a power inside of him and maybe he did a, a transfusion with her and therefore maybe transferred powers into her. Maybe and that's where and again like that's where her power comes from is like you know to save her life he had to do something give a part of himself at one point. And then, therefore... Or is that's he going to be Ego and went to Earth and hooked up with Carol's mom? Oh, Lord. Don't say that. Um <laughs> But, no, like, there's... But I think that's where they're probably going to go with it. Because yeah. you got to have that... Con- there's got to be a connection of why. Yep. Because she is from Earth. But they already established yep, that. Yeah, she is from Earth. Yeah, and so... And they're hanging out. And, like, he's her mentor. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that, like they have, she has a, she's super powerful already. Like they've already established that in, in this article. Yeah. We'll talk so, about
0: that in a second.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So for me, I think that there probably is some kind of blood transfusion they have where he has to give some of his power to her because of whatever reason. And maybe it depowers him and makes him less powerful. And so I don't know, but going to this picture we're talking about, this is my favorite picture of the, of the lot of them. This is fantastic. Mm. Um, This to me, it's, it's like, it screams comic book to me, like Mm -hmm. completely, you've got blue people with, you know, with, with, you know, a human person. And then you've got, you know, other people, other, you know, with a giant other person with a giant freaking hammer. And I just, you know, if I hadn't even, if I didn't even know these characters, I would have been immediately drawn to this. I love the costume. The costumes look fantastic. Everyone looks great. Um, I love this stuff. And, Mm. I just this was I was drawn into this immediately, I, you know. And people will see it on my Twitter feed. I said this is, looks rad, um, and it does. I think mean, everyone looks great. This this it's is just
0: pure Marvel cosmic goodness, exactly. right there. It,
1: it's straight up. This is straight out of a comic to me. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 and again, I'm not a huge fan of, of a lot of these characters. Um, I, I'm actually I do like Captain Mar- Marvel, but that's yeah, Marvel's cool. Marvel's cool, but like, this and is I, not- I actually
0: like Ronan a lot. So no,
1: Ronan's great too, but he's great. I, I love the character the way he looks. I mean, the, the yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy version is not, I like, I like the villain a lot actually, but it's not my favorite interpretation of the character. I like him more of as an anti-hero. You
0: know, I agree. That's why I'm so happy about this movie is like, I yeah. love that you see in the comic books, you never know where Ronan's going to stand. So like he could be fighting alongside the heroes. He could be fighting against them. It really just depends on whether or not he agrees with them or whether or not there's some sort of common interest. Like in the infinity storyline, he was fighting with the heroes because they were all going to be destroyed including the Kree. So he was aligned with the heroes. There's other times where he's tried to kill people like Peter Quill, you know, like it's, so he has been a villain and a hero. He's just gone back and forth on that line, uh, you know, over that line in the comic books. And so, I loved you know guardians obviously showed him very firmly on the bad guy side of things, and so i was and because they killed him in that movie, that was my that was the one of the disappointments for me about them killing him. not that I disagree mm-hmm. with it from a narrative standpoint, but just right. as a fan of like well, we've taken away the point where he could actually end up being on the same side as the heroes, but now mm-hmm. we're maybe gonna get some of that because even though I expect. Carol to ultimately turn against these guys and they'll probably do something bad that gives her a reason to maybe we'll get just a little bit of time where it's not just Ronan being straight up evil, or at least if we understand we'll get a little bit more insight into maybe what radicalized him, you know, to see what we saw in guardians of the galaxy. So, you know, and add more dimension to this character because he is admittedly a little one note in that first Guardians movie, and I like him, mm-hmm. so I'm not really saying that as a criticism. I'm okay with villains occasionally just being one note if that note's played really well, but mm-hmm. with, uh, but with, Gar- but I still wanted more of that character because there's so much more to him in the comics, and I feel like we're going to get some of that here. And plus, he <laughs> just looks cool as hell.
1: Yeah, he he looks fantastic, and and like you said, the more traditional Cree colors are all over that costume, and they all like I said, they all look great. Um, I don't, I forgot what, who the characters were with the guy with the beard and the and the lady with the gun. Like they look. Well, awesome.
0: the gun is Minerva. Uh, yeah, that's Minerva being played by uh, being played by Gemma Chan.
1: Now Minerva sounds so familiar. I know she's. I've I've read comics with her in it she's before.
0: Also commonly referred to as Doctor Minerva. But,
1: That's what it is. Okay, yep. I know. And then
0: the other two are Atlas
1: and Bronchar. Right, Atlas is that Atlas from the like Jammers? There's 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 so many characters named Atlas. Yeah. <laughs> Imperial Imperial Guard is maybe I'm thinking of, but no. Um, they they look fantastic. They're probably yep. going to be my my characters. I'm like, okay, I'm I'm into this. They look they look sweet. So um, yeah, I I am. This is what got me really on board with with this movie and it's interesting because this is probably very early in the film Mm -hmm. and like i'm i'm already like dreading like what's the fact that we won't won't get that very much of them from this it'll be just kind of only half the film which i'm not saying the the last half will be bad but uh but still i i just seen i love this like i almost want this movie only you know i'm like this looks fantastic give me this um so yeah i i've well, I love this, that this is the movie we're
0: starting out with, with Carol having yeah. all of her powers. She's already left Earth. She's here on this team under the command of. We can't call him Marvel, and you have Minerva, Ronan, Korath, Atlas. You have these other guys. You have this other team there, and so I love that this movie is just starting off with the cosmic stuff. Because if I look forward to a few months from now, or I guess it's more than a few months from now, but several months from now, when we sit down and watch this movie for the first time. I know that from my perspective, I'd be sitting in the theater being like, when are we going to space? When are we going to space? When are we going to space? And mm-hmm. we, I'm glad that we're starting this movie in space. I mean, maybe there's a prologue that has some Earth stuff. I don't know. But for the most part, we're going to be jumping into space early on. And that's what I want from this movie. And it's also a smart decision by mm-hmm. Marvel Studios to break the mold of the traditional beats of the, or- of the origin story. That's not to say that I don't think... We're going to get some explanation as to how Carol got her powers. Yeah, for sure. Whether it's just exposition or a flashback scene or two, we will get filled in as to how this version of Carol Danvers, the MCU version of Carol Danvers, got her powers. We'll get it, and I'm not worried about that at all. But I also love that this is the approach that they're taking, because go back a couple years ago, and what was one of the bigger criticisms of Doctor Strange It was actually that it was just too much... It was too familiar in Mm -hmm. the way that story just played along uh, Iron Man and other origin stories that we've seen, not just from Marvel Studios, but really across the entire genre. We've we've seen the standard three-act origin film for superheroes. We've just seen it too many times for it to continue working and be as effective as it could be. You have to kind of reinvent the wheel a little bit and actually try to get people engaged earlier on rather than waiting 30 to you know 30 or 40 minutes to really see the character in costume. So I think this is a, this is a really smart call and the movie is going to benefit from it. And I think as, as viewers, it's certainly going to heighten our
1: experience. What I think is possible is, you know, and, and I, I had no, no spoilers. I'm not like seeking this stuff out. This is me just piecing things together. Uh, what I'm wondering is what if the movie starts off with Carol coming down, to earth in the, in the green costume and just kind of like in the whole movie is mostly in flashbacks and it's her like starting off, like remembering what's going on and and it kind of keeps, maybe it goes back in time to where, you know, like, you know, or maybe it jumps around all over the place. I don't know. Like, because obviously we were getting scenes with her in like as a jet fighter pilot. And I doubt that's, 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 you know, during when she is Captain Marvel. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but, I don't I don't think so. I mean it um, almost
0: feels like we're gonna get I feel like we're gonna start off with a bang. We're gonna start off like in space. Again, there might be an yes. earth based prologue, not sure yet, but I think we're for the most part gonna start off in space with a on a Star Force mission, just action packed, and then we're gonna settle back down, we're gonna find out what is the what is the status quo for Carol Danvers, what is her daily life right now? Yeah. And then they 're going to find out they we're in the midst of this kree scroll war, so that 's part of you know those are the missions that they 've been going on and dealing with, and then come to find out there's an invasion that's happening on earth, and so that sets the course for for Earth and then maybe as maybe as they 're on their way to Earth or as soon as Carol gets back to earth that 's where it just starts triggering like these memories because Brie Larson talked about that in an interview with e w too she even talked about how coming back to Earth like it you know, brings up her past a bit and has her you know certain and it has her like exploring her identity and things like that. So I think that's, what's going to trigger the memories of her, her experience Mm in the, in the air force. And, and maybe that's, you mentioned a blood transfusion. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe she crashes and she's dying. And it's almost like a reverse Abin Sur green lantern thing. of Like Mm -hmm, it's the pilot that, it's the pilot that crashes and it's the alien that finds the pilot. And then maybe, yeah, donates blood or whatever to, to save her life or or who knows? I mean, I, I have no idea, but you know, I, I feel like that's how we'll get it is you know, some flashback scenes that will, you know, her in her memories, it will be stirred up by the fact that she has to she has to go back to Earth.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I think I think that's, that's that's very possible. I feel like there's, this movie is going to have a ton of flashbacks, though, like it's going to be a lot. Like mm-hmm. I think I guess going back to what I'm saying, maybe she she must come back in the green outfit um, on obviously before the 90s um or during the 90s i'm assuming oh she definitely it, does yeah no okay well, okay
0: the 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 whole movie takes place during the 90s minus like you know any like very last scenes or post credit scenes like a captain america the first avenger thing okay. the story is set in the is set oh. and unfolds in the 90s
1: which I, to be honest, and this is just me going back to our, we had our conversation with one of our patrons about the uh, timelines. Watching, I hope this is not to a point where it ends on a thing where you know it, it dates it, where you have to watch it, you know, in right before Avengers: Infinity War. I hope it's isolated enough, with the exception of, of the post-credit scene, so the post-credit scene can be optional if you want to watch it in time or in a chronological order in the in the movie so you can Mm -hmm. do first avenger and then captain marvel if you wanted to knowing that captain marvel pops up later on in the series of films that's what i'm hoping for that's what you know so there's no you know references (laughs) as far as to like they have to go you know the very end they're like i have to go back to the future and like you know or whatever so or i mean there
0: there has to be the thing that they have to try and solve in this film, and I mean, I guess technically you could solve it in Avengers 4, but the question that I think is being begged by the post-credit scene in Infinity War is: why did Nick? Fe- I mean, there's the thing of like, how is she going to be in the present-day MCU without appearing to have aged? Will that be a Cree blood kind of thing? Will it be mm-hmm. that she's moved forward in time somehow? But also, the other question, though, is: why did Nick Fury send to the page and have the expectation that he could contact her, but then previously not send to the page exactly during Avengers or Age of Ultron? Unless they're going to retroactively say, he sent the page every time. This is just the only time she answered.
1: Ah, see, I like that. There is That's that,
0: right but like, if you already had two, like, the world's going to end incidents and you're, but why is the pager still at the very top of your bag? Like, because <laughs> he didn't mm-hmm. have to dig around in that bag to get the pager. Like he literally just reached and pulled it off the top. So I don't know if I would have it as readily accessible if it had failed me so many times, but then again, maybe yeah. he was just always holding out hope, but Nick Fury's more of the cynic than the optimist. So I'm not really sure, but well, there you go. Uh, speaking of Nick Fury, oh. damn, that de-aging technology is good.
1: Oh, oh Lord.
0: I mean, damn. Wow. <laughs> like, Wow, it's so crazy! I'm watching Zeus and Die Hard with a Vengeance. Like it's just nuts to be seeing Samuel L. Jackson uh, it, as this version of Nick Fury. It's also going to be interesting because the they, Ew described him as a desk jockey, so he's not the director of Shield right now, and he doesn't appear to be anywhere close to it. He's never met uh, a superhero before, which makes sense, and I'm, I'm fine with Captain Marvel being the first superhero that he meets. But this is the whole thing that I loved about Nick Fury being in this story and, and having it having it set in the nineteen nineties is it it just makes that line it, it adds to that line that Nick Fury says to Tony Stark in the post credit scene of Iron Man of Mr. Stark you've become it tells him like you've become part of a bigger universe, you just don't know it yet. Mm. So what's the bigger universe that Nick Fury's referring to? And there's a lot of things that you could think about, but this gives a very big and very specific example as to what Nick Fury would know about and be referring to. So I love his presence in this and yeah, like Marvel, every time they do this de-aging thing, they just continue to knock it out of the park
1: well and, and think of this too there's also a uh, consideration you have to think about with avengers when he you know talks about we have to prepare for a bigger threat because of mm-hmm. thor you know why if he had captain marvel in his pocket who's we're being told now is like the most powerful avenger as far or most powerful mcu character as captain marvel why would he you know why would he need to do that so i hope there's some explanations a little bit i'm sure it, this is nothing new for these superhero characters. I mean, this this retconning business is like very, very common. It's uber common in the comic books. So, mm-hmm. in the films, I, I don't mean that as a criticism. Is what I'm trying to say. I mean it as a. I look forward to seeing how they work around it. You know, and just like just like you said, Sean, there's things that he says that you can paint, go back to, and and paint it like, "Hey, I'm talking about this, and like this happened, and this is what why I didn't bring her up. Why I, you know, I love the idea of I call her every time, but she doesn't always answer. So, or or I I like this idea too, like like you kind of mentioned, he says, "Oh, I call her all the time, but it was only sometimes she answers it, and when the time she answers it, no one knows about it because she takes care of it. So." We could. It, I, I like that idea, too, that she doesn't answer every time, but when she does, she's, she'll show up. So there is really a lot of cool ideas you can do with this. I mean, obviously, and this is the most obvious, blatant one, but I don't care, is the the eventual how Fury loses his eye. I, I think that, that this is... Oh,
0: it's with the, Captain America Winter Soldier. Last time I trusted yeah. someone, I lost an eye. He trusted Ben Mendelssohn. straight up. Yeah, it's like, got to be. That's there.
1: It's, it's there. It's, it, but to see it, and this is why, again, I love doing these things in chronological order. And I'm hoping, Kevin Feige, if you are by chance hearing me right now, listen to me. Don't make it connect directly to Avengers: Infinity War One and Two. <laughs> Just make it be its own thing, for the love of God, for us chronological nerds. Please, please, we're begging I, you. I, I mean, it will be its own this.
0: thing, but I, I feel like the yeah, I mean, I, I, the post credit scene is going to have to tee up Avengers for.
1: I know it. I mean, it ha- it's, well, well, if it's, hey, here's the thing. If it's like that, then I'm fine with that because I don't have to watch it. So I can yeah, just watch fair. it. All yeah, I can that's all, fair. It, as long as it doesn't end because that's the only thing that you anti-First Avenger people for watching that first will give me is, well, you we can't have a Nick Fury. At the Fury. I whatever, man. You can, you, you can retcon it that. It,
0: it does begin and end in modern
1: day. Yeah, it does. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't mean you can't. Although
0: I maintain that him waking up in the present day should have always been the post-credit scene. I, I, and I, and I want I, it, I want it to end with trash can lid kid.
1: You know what I? You know what? Maybe we'll get a special edition where Feige will yeah. give that to us.
0: Last Jedi got broom kid. First Avenger had it first with trash can lid kid.
1: <laughs> you had to bring up broom boy, didn't you? You had to bring up broom boy. The worst. I don't care what people say. It's the worst Star Wars ending of all time. I don't think Last Jedi is as bad as people say it is, or the all the haters. But that scene, I I left the theater angry, and that scene was did not help i'll just say that that scene did not help anyways sorry for setting you off um but uh, (laughs) the other there's
0: another cool reveal in all of this is that lashana lynch is playing maria rambo and that she's described as one of carol's closest friends she's a fellow air force pilot so we actually have a photo of her but check out that air force call sign photon so And Mm, and in the the comic books, Maria is the mother of Monica. And this character, the movie version, is a single mom with a young daughter who you know is going to be named Monica. And Monica Rambo, in case you don't know... She was actually called Captain Marvel before Carol Danvers was ever called Captain Marvel in the comics. Yep, yep, uh, but yep, yep. she's had a number of superhero identities, Photon being one of them. But mm-hmm. more recently, she's gone as Spectrum. And I think she's still Spectrum, right? She hasn't changed right.
1: names as far as I know. So well, she, yeah, she's changed her names quite a bit. But yeah, I think, yeah, it's, I think, I think it's Spectrum. But Spectrum's
0: still current as far as I know.
1: Well, Photon, I thought she – I thought Carol actually was Photon too because see, Carol's gone through like a Yeah, Carol a million- also has, yeah. Yeah, cause they've all gone through crazy. She, Carol's gone through so many iterations, man. Like, oh, yeah. she went through, because, you know, I, I read through a long time ago the um, Chris Claremont, like, his him with John Byrne starting and then mm-hmm. after John Byrne left, I went I, I love those early X-Men uh, Chris Claremont issues and I kept reading all I wanted to read all the way through like to the 90s. But I stopped right around like the mid 80s, like mid late 80s, which is where I wanted to go. But I just kind of lost. I read like so uh, that's a lot. And anyway, what was interesting was I didn't realize that Carol was an integral member or not integral, but she was a like a supporting character for the X Men for a long time, mm-hmm. and she didn't. have she was powerless for a while because Rogue yep. stole stole her powers, and then she became like because there was like a problem with Carol's like you know not having her powers. She became like that fire character. I forgot her name. Uh, maybe it was Photons, which she went by. But but anyway, she went by I think it, um another name um in the Kurt Busiek run with George Perez. I think I don't think she was called. Uh, captain marvel she went to buy something else um which you were back to that more uh earlier costume but anyway mm-hmm. but yeah the photon oh, the, thing isn't is that, that... Uh, binary what did she go by binary was that i it? almost i almost thought she was warbird i think that's somebody else
0: there, no she was warbird but oh she god was, see
1: this is ridiculous but she was
0: binary in the x-men issues
1: <laughs> that's right the, the binary she was that was the flame character yep. she was that's right. You're binary. Yeah, you're right. So she was Warbird. How do you call Miss Marvel? Captain Marvel, aka Captain Marvel, Warbird. That's terrible. <laughs> God.
0: I believe that was the production name of the movie was Warbird.
1: That doesn't surprise me. Yeah, which
0: is fine. She, it's an unofficial name. Yeah, it's just right, meant right, to the, not let people know what she, you're actually shooting that day.
1: Imagine like calling like the Captain Marvel character with that like awesome costume Warbird. It's not I a horrible just, name. I've heard worse yeah. superhero names. Well, right, photon is not exactly
0: bad. a winner. I think uh, I take photon over Warbird personally. Yeah, maybe. But the cool, but what's interesting about photon is: will that just be an Easter egg, or will that be the superhero identity that Monica Rambeau adopts? Because you know that Carol Danvers is headed towards the present day MCU. So Monica Rambeau, who was a child in the 1990s for this movie, is going to be all grown up when Carol catches up to the present day MCU during and then after Avengers four. So I feel like the seeds already been planted for Monica Rambeau to become a superhero, whether she goes by photon or spectrum or something else and be fighting alongside Carol Danvers, starting in probably Captain Marvel, Two, uh, mm. as provided everything goes well with Captain Marvel. And it should. So. Right. It's well, going to be... And that's yeah. I love that that's a setup. And the cool thing about it is, if you... Some of you may recall that Lashawna Lynch was not the original choice to play Maria Rambo. It was actually DeWanda Weiss who'd been casted. And she couldn't because the, her schedule didn't end up allowing it because Netflix had her come back and make a second season of the show that she stars in for them called She's Gotta Have It. It's a great show. You should definitely watch it if you haven't seen it yet. But... She ended up missing out, so Lashana Lynch got this role. What would be really awesome is if it worked out for Dewanda Weiss, and it would actually work out even better for her if she goes from playing the superhero's mom to the actual superhero, provided mm. the scheduling uh, mm. works out. But regardless of mm-hmm. who plays Monica Rambo, I, I, I love that this is set up here in uh, this first film. Clearly I, the I, first film I, is I still the, what's most movie. important, but we've already got a, a thread you know, that we can connect to the sequel.
1: I, for some reason, I I don't, I think I missed this one and I didn't even realize like, so I'm like, Oh, Oh man. I, I, so I'm just now seeing this for the first time, like as we're talking about it. Um, one thing to consider too is, you know, we were talking about superhero teams before the recording, Sean, Mm -hmm. one thing that, uh, spectrum slash photon, whatever character you want to call her, uh, Monica Rambo, she, uh, led a team called next wave Hmm. at one point. And I actually have, I've heard it's, it's great. I think who wrote it It was a Warren Ellis who wrote it um, I've heard it's great and I need to read it because I, I, I bought all the single issues it's on Mar- Marvel Unlimited but um, she was featured on that she was I believe the leader of that comic and they um, you very maybe this could be setting up the next wave com- movie essentially or maybe. because we talked about how superhero teams are kind of maybe what they're going more of a team up kind of style you talked about you know why maybe, maybe you have photon be in, you know a, in her own like group of uh, superheroes that she has called Next Wave. That'd be kinda cool. So I mean the fact that you're teasing this is really rad. And I and personally I think I'm photon more than Spectrum, but that's just me. That's Whatever new.
0: name they go by, it'll be cool. Like, and and I think it would be cool to just see Monica turning uh, teaming up with Carol in in a sequel. Oh, like, sure. it would be yeah. a lot of fun. But and of course, it, it opens up all kinds of possibilities. We know that these characters can now move back and forth between anybody's films uh, and various team ups and all those kinds of things. All of that stuff's on the table, and it's just cool that we now have the the setup for an adult yeah. man, uh, Monica Rambo in. Uh, in the present day MCU, once the Captain Marvel franchise is, uh, once the Captain Marvel franchise catches up to where we are now, and yeah. another thing I want to talk about before we get out of here though is, I'm all. I mean, I already knew about it from a, a spy photo that that had leaked or whatever. But I'm all about the nine inch nails t shirt and like the Captain oh my Marvel '90s references that we're gonna get in this movie. I know another uh, another shirt that she wore on set, although it's technically more '80s than '90s, but. Uh, Guns and Roses Appetite for Destruction is another shirt that she's uh, wearing. It,
1: it, it's early, I mean, you know, It was very popular in the nineties, wasn't it released yeah. in the eighties? Yeah, it was late eighties, but yeah, I yeah, mean yeah. it was but the the Guns N' Roses themselves were huge. Sure, yeah, bad. yeah. And, right. and it would
0: be and look given that given that Carol is an adult in the eighties or I'm sorry, in the nineties, then clearly she would have been a guns and roses fan in the, as a kid. So yeah. yeah. That would have happened. Yeah. Cause appetite yeah. for destruction was in 1987. I feel like Dr. Strange now.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, it's <laughs> funny. Um, I, when, when I, when I was in high school, the, you know, all the, oh boy, the worst. The, the, I don't care what people say. It's the worst star Wars ending of all time. I don't think last night <laughs> is as bad as people say it is or the, all the haters. But that scene, I, I left the theater angry, and that scene was did not help. I'll just say that. That scene did not help. Anyways. Uh, sorry for story. setting you off. Um, yeah, they,
0: yeah. But so anyway. uh, <laughs> the other – there's another cool reveal in all of this is that Lashana Lynch is playing Maria Rambo, and that she's described as one of Carol's closest friends. She's a fellow Air Force pilot, so we actually have a photo of her. But check out that Air Force call sign, Photon. So – And Mm, and in the the comic books, Maria is the mother of Monica. And this character, the movie version, is a single mom with a young daughter who you know is going to be named Monica. And Monica Rambeau, in case you don't know, she was actually called Captain Marvel before Carol Danvers was ever called Captain Marvel in the comics. Uh, But she's had a number of superhero identities, Photon being one of them. But Mm -hmm. more recently, she's gone as Spectrum. And I think she's still Spectrum, right? She hasn't changed names as far as I know. So, well, she,
1: yeah, she's changed her names quite a bit, but yeah, I think yeah, I think, it's, I think but, it's Spectrum. but
0: spectrum's still current as far as I know.
1: Well, photon, I thought she, I thought Carol actually was photon too, because see, Carol's gone through like yeah, Carol a million, also has yeah, yeah, they've all gone through crazy. She, Carol's gone through so many iterations, man. Like yeah. she went through because you know I I read through a long time ago the um Clis- Claremont like. His him with John Byrne starting, and then Mm -hmm. after John Byrne left, I went. I I love those early X Men uh, Chris Claremont issues, and I kept reading all. I wanted to read all the way through, like to the nineties, but I stopped right around like the mid eighties, like mid late eighties, which is where I wanted to go. But I just kind of lost. I read like so uh, that's a lot. And anyway, what was interesting was I didn't realize that Carol was integral member. We're not integral but she was a like a supporting character for the x-men for a long time mm-hmm. and she didn't have she was powerless for a while because rogue yep. stole stole her powers and then she became like because there was like a problem with carol's like you know not having her powers. she became like that fire character i forgot her name oh uh, maybe it was photons which she went by but but anyway she went by i think it, um another name um in the Kurt busiak run with george perez i think i don't think she was called uh captain marvel she went there by something else um which she wore back to that more uh earlier costume but anyway mm-hmm. but yeah the photon oh, thing oh, wasn't is that, that uh, binary what did she go by binary i it? almost i almost thought she was warbird i think that's somebody else there, no she was warbird but oh, she God, was, see, this is ridiculous but she was
0: binary in the x-men issues
1: <laughs> that's right the, the binary she was that was the flame character yep. she was that's right. You're binary. Yeah, you're right. So she was Warbird. How do you call Miss Marvel Captain Marvel, aka Captain Marvel, Warbird? That's terrible. <laughs> God
0: I believe that was the production name of the movie was Warbird.
1: That doesn't surprise me. Yeah.
0: Which is God. fine. It's an unofficial name. Yeah, it's just right, meant right, to but, but, not let people know what you're actually shooting that day.
1: Can you imagine like calling like the Captain Marvel character with that like awesome costume? Warbird. It's not I a just, horrible name.
0: I've heard worse yeah. superhero names. Well, right, photon is, is not exactly bad. a winner. I think uh, I think photon over Warbird personally. Yeah, maybe. But the cool, but what's interesting about photon is, will that just be an Easter egg, or will that be the superhero identity that Monica Rambeau adopts? Because you know that Carol Danvers is headed towards the present day MCU. Ooh. So Monica Rambeau, who was a child in the 1990s for this movie is going to be all grown up when Carol catches up to the present-day MCU during and then after Avengers 4. So mm. I feel like the seed's already been planted for Monica Rambeau to become a superhero, whether she goes by Photon or Spectrum or something else, and be fighting alongside Carol Danvers, starting in probably Captain Marvel 2. Uh, mm. as provided everything goes well with Captain Marvel, and it should. So right. it's well, going to be... We'll, and that's, yeah. I love that that's a setup, and the cool thing about it is... If you, some of you may recall that Lashana Lynch was not the original choice to play Maria Rambo. It was actually DeWanda Weiss who'd been casted, and she couldn't because the her schedule didn't end up allowing it because Netflix had her come back and make a second season of the show that she stars in for them called She's Got to Have It. It's a great show; you should definitely watch it if you haven't seen it yet. But she ended up missing out, so Lashana Lynch got this role. What would be really awesome is if it worked out for DeWanda Weiss, and it would actually work out even better for her if she goes from playing the superhero's mom to the actual superhero, provided mm. the scheduling uh, mm. works out. But regardless of mm-hmm. who plays Monica Rambo, I, I love that this—I love that this is set up here in uh, this first film. Clearly, the I, first I, film is I still what's this, most probably. important, but we've already got a, a thread, you know, that we can connect to the sequel.
1: I, for some reason, I, I don't—I think I missed this one, and I didn't even realize. Like, so I'm like, oh. Oh man, I, I so I'm just now seeing this for the first time. Like as we we're talking about it, um, one thing to consider too is you know we were talking about superhero teams before the recording, Sean. Mm-hmm. One thing that uh, Spectrum slash Photon, whatever character you want to call her, uh, Monica Rambo, she uh, led a team called Next Wave hmm. at one point, point. and I actually have I've heard it's it's great. I think oh, I forgot who wrote it? it was it Warren Ellis who wrote it? Um, I've heard it's great and i need to read it because i i I bought all the single issues it's on marvel unlimited but um she was featured on that she was i believe the leader of that comic and they um you very maybe this could be setting up the next wave movie essentially or because we talked about how superhero teams are kind of maybe what they're going more of a team-up kind of style you talked about you know why maybe maybe you have photon be in you know in her own like group of uh, superheroes that she has called Next Wave. That'd be kind of cool. So, I mean, the fact that you're teasing this is really rad. And I, and personally, I think of Photon more than Spectrum, but that's just me. That's whatever true.
0: name they go by it'll be cool like and, and i think it would be cool to just see monica turning uh, teaming up with carol in, in a oh, sequel like sure. it would be yeah. a lot of fun but and of course it, it opens up all kinds of possibilities we know that these characters can now move back and forth between anybody's films uh and various team ups and all those kinds of things all of that stuff's on the table and it's just cool that we now have the the setup for an adult yeah. man, uh, monica rambo in uh in the present day MCU. Once the captain Marvel franchise is, uh, once the captain Marvel franchise catches up to where we are now. And yeah. another thing I want to talk about before we get out of here, though, is I'm all, I mean, I already knew about it from a, a spy photo that, that had leaked or whatever, but I'm all about the nine inch nails t-shirt and like the oh captain Marvel 90s references that we're going to get in this movie. I know another, uh, another shirt that she wore on set, although it's technically more eighties and nineties, but, uh, Guns and Roses' Appetite for Destruction is another shirt that she's uh,
1: wearing. It, it, it's early I mean, you know, it was very popular in the nineties, wasn't it? Released yeah. in the eighties. Yeah, it was late eighties, but yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. it was. But the the Guns but, and Roses them themselves were huge. Sure, yeah, bad. yeah,
0: or, and, and it, it would be. And look, given that given that Carol is an adult in the eighties or I'm sorry, in the nineties, then clearly she would have been a guns and roses fan in the, As a kid, so yeah. yeah, that would have happened. Yeah. Cause appetite yeah. for destruction was in 1987. I feel like yeah. Dr. Strange now.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny. I, um, when I, when I was in high school, the, you know, all the all, a lot of my friends who were like the quote-unquote like i wouldn't even call them goth kids but they were like they kind of they liked Marilyn Manson and all that stuff mm-hmm. um i wouldn't really call that goth necessarily but we all called them like at the time the goth kids um but i i, I knew girls who literally wore that same outfit minus the hat like yeah. literally was like, that's what they wore
0: <laughs> yeah that's no, like... i mean i i grew i, I mean i am Born in eighty three, but so obviously spent a lot of my formative years in the nineties. I mean I was yep. seven when the nineties <laughs> started, so or I guess technically technically six when the nineties first started, and then it quickly became right. seven, but if I do the math correctly there, but um so yeah, like a lot of this stuff I know is gonna to appeal to me and I'm gonna have a lot of fun with it. Like I like I mean, I I won't lie and say I was the biggest nine inch nails fan in the nineties, but I liked right. them and I had you yeah. know, I enjoyed the music and so yeah. And I certainly loved Appetite for Destruction, because so, I, I don't know a whole lot of people who didn't. Uh, but I am, I'm excited about those kinds of stuff. We're going to get some 90s needle drops and, and, and other references with the look. and Boy, the worst,
1: th- th- I don't care what people say. It's the worst Star Wars ending of all time. I don't think Last Jedi <laughs> is as bad as people say it is, or the, all the haters. But that scene, I, I left the theater angry, and that scene was, <laughs> did not help i'll just say that that scene did not help Uh, anyways sorry for setting you off um but uh, (laughs) the other there's
0: another cool reveal in all of this is that lashana lynch is playing maria rambo and that she's described as one of carol's closest friends she's a fellow air force pilot so we actually have a photo of her but check out that air force call sign photon so and, mm, the, and in the, the comic callback. books, Maria yep. is the mother of Monica, and this character, the movie version, is a single mom with a young daughter who you know is going to be named Monica. And Monica Rambo, in case you don't know, she was actually called Captain Marvel before Carol Danvers was ever called Captain Marvel in the comics. Yep. Uh, yep, but yep. She's had a number of superhero identities, Photon being one of them, but mm-hmm. more recently she's gone as Spectrum, and I think that she's still Spectrum, right? She hasn't right. changed names
1: as far as I know. So well, I mean, yeah, she's changed her names quite a bit, but yeah, I think yeah, I think, it's, I but think but it's spectrum. but spectrum's still current as far as I know. Well, photon, I thought she, I thought Carol actually was photon too, because because see, Carol's gone through like yeah, Carol a million, also has yeah, yeah, because they've all gone through crazy. She, Carol's gone through so many iterations, man. Like yeah. she went through because you know I I read through a long time ago the um Clis Claremont like. His him with John Byrne starting and then mm-hmm. after John Byrne left, I went I, I love those early X-Men uh, Chris Claremont issues and I kept reading all. I want to read all the way through like to the 90s, but I stopped right around like the mid 80s, like mid late 80s, which is where I wanted to go. But I just kind of lost. I read like so I, that's a lot. And anyway, what was interesting was I didn't realize that Carol was an integral member or not integral, but she was a, like a supporting character for the X-Men for a long time. Mm-hmm. And she didn't have, but she was powerless for a while because rogue yep. stole, stole her powers. And then she became like, because there was like a problem with Carol's like, you know, not having her powers. She became like that fire character. I forgot her name. Uh, maybe it was photons, but she went by, but, but anyway, she went by, I think, it, um, another name, um, in the Kurt Busiac run with George Perez, I think. I don't think she was called, uh, captain marvel she went there by something else um which you were back to that more uh earlier costume but anyway mm-hmm. but yeah the photon oh, the, thing isn't is that, that... Uh, binary what did she go by binary i it? almost i almost thought she was warbird i think that's somebody else there,
0: no she was warbird but oh she God. Was, see, this
1: is ridiculous but she was
0: binary in the x-men issues
1: <laughs> that's right the, the binary she was that was the flame character yep. she was that's right. You're binary. Yeah, you're right. So she was Warbird. How do you call Miss Marvel? Captain Marvel, aka Captain Marvel Warbird. That's terrible. <laughs> God.
0: I believe that was the production name of the movie was Warbird.
1: That doesn't surprise me. Yeah, which
0: is fine. Yeah. It's an unofficial name. Yeah, it's just right, meant right, to the, not let people know what she, you're actually shooting that day.
1: Imagine like calling like the Captain Marvel character with that like awesome costume Warbird.
0: It's not I a horrible just, name. I've heard worse yeah. superhero names. Well, right. My Photon is not exactly bad. a winner. I think uh, I take Photon over Warbird personally. Yeah, maybe. But the cool, but what's interesting about Photon is will that just be an Easter egg or will that be the superhero identity that Monica Rambeau adopts? Because you know that Carol Danvers is headed towards the present day MCU. Ooh. So Monica Rambeau, who was a child in the 1990s for this movie is going to be all grown up when Carol catches up to the present-day MCU during mm. and then after Avengers 4. So mm. I feel like the seed's already been planted for Monica Rambeau to become a superhero, whether she goes by Photon or Spectrum or something else, and be fighting alongside Carol Danvers, starting in probably Captain Marvel 2. Uh, mm. as provided everything goes well with Captain Marvel, and it should. So right. it's well, going to be... It, and that's, yeah. I love that that's a setup, and the cool thing about it is... If you, some of you may recall that Lashana Lynch was not the original choice to play Maria Rambo. It was actually DeWanda Weiss who'd been casted and she couldn't because the, her schedule didn't end up allowing it because Netflix had her come back and make a second season of the show that she stars in for them called She's Gotta Have It. It's a great show. You should definitely watch it if you haven't seen it yet, but she ended up missing out. So Lashana Lynch got this role. What would be really awesome is if it worked out for DeWanda Weiss, and it would actually work out even better for her if she goes from playing the superhero's mom to the actual superhero, provided mm. the scheduling uh, mm. works out. But regardless of mm-hmm. who plays Monica Rambo, I, I love that this—I love that this is set up here in uh, this first film. Clearly, I, the first I, film I is I still what's probably. most important, but we've already got a, a thread, you know, that we can connect to the sequel.
1: I, for some reason, I, I don't—I think I missed this one, and I didn't even realize. Like, so I'm like, oh. Oh man, I, I so I'm just now seeing this for the first time. Like as we we're talking about it, um, one thing to consider too is you know we were talking about superhero teams before the recording, Sean. Mm-hmm. One thing that uh, Spectrum slash Photon, whatever character you want to call her, uh, Monica Rambo, she uh, led a team called Next Wave hmm. at one point, point. and I actually have I've heard it's it's great. I think oh, I forgot who wrote it? it was it Warren Ellis who wrote it? Um, I've heard it's great. And I need to read it because I, I I bought all the single issues. It's on Mar- Marvel Unlimited. But um, she was featured on that. She was I believe the leader of that comic. And they um you very maybe this could be setting up a next wave com- movie essentially or maybe. because we talked about how superhero teams are kind of maybe what they're going more of a team up kind of style. You talked about you know why maybe maybe you have Photon B in you know a, in her own like. Group of uh, superheroes that she has called Next Wave. That'd be kind of cool. So, I mean, the fact that you're teasing this is really rad. And, I, and personally, I think I'm a Photon more than Spectrum, but that's just me. That's Whatever cool.
0: name they go by, it'll be cool. Like, and and I think it would be cool to just see Monica turning uh, teaming up with Carol in in a sequel. Oh, like, sure. it would be yeah. a lot of fun. But and of course, it it opens up all kinds of possibilities. We know that these characters can now move back and forth between anybody's films and uh, various team ups and all those kinds of things. All of that stuff's on the table, and it's just cool that we now have the the setup for an adult yeah. man, uh, Monica Rambo in. Uh, in the present day MCU, once the Captain Marvel franchise is, uh, once the Captain Marvel franchise catches up to where we are now, and yeah. another thing I want to talk about before we get out of here though is, I'm all. I mean, I already knew about it from a, a spy photo that that had leaked or whatever, but I'm all about the nine inch nails t shirt and like the oh Captain my gosh. Marvel '90s references that we're gonna get in this movie. I know another uh another shirt that she wore on set, although it's technically more '80s than '90s, but. Uh, Guns and Roses Appetite for Destruction is another shirt that she's uh, wearing. It,
1: it, it's early, I mean, you know. It was very popular in the nineties, wasn't it released yeah. in the eighties? Yeah, it was late eighties, but yeah, I yeah, mean yeah. it was but the the Guns N' Roses themselves were huge. Sure,
0: yeah, product. yeah. And, or, and yeah. it would be and look, given that Given that Carol is an adult in the '80s, or I'm sorry, in the '90s, then clearly she would have been a Guns N' Roses fan in
1: the as a kid, so yeah. yeah,
0: that would have happened. Yeah, because Appetite yeah. for Destruction was in 1987. I feel like I, Doctor Strange now.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, it's <laughs> funny because um, when I when I was in high school, the you know. All the, all, a lot of my friends who were like the quote unquote, like, I wouldn't even call them goth kids, but they were like, they kind of, they liked Marilyn Manson and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't really call that goth necessarily, but we all called them like at the time the goth kids. Um, but I, I, I knew girls who literally wore that same outfit, minus the hat. Like yeah. literally was, like, that's what they wore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, like, I mean, I,